Hello and welcome to episode 701 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this afternoon. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on All Souls Day, Thursday, November the 2nd, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Thursday prayer by the great saint and doctor of the church, Alphonsus Liguri, from the book, The Glories of Mary, to the most blessed Virgin Mary to obtain heaven. <clears throat> o Queen of Paradise, who reignest above all the choirs of angels and who art the nearest of all creatures to God, I, a miserable sinner, salute thee from this valley of tears and beseech thee to turn thy compassionate eyes towards me, for whichever side they turn, they dispense graces. See, O Mary, in how many dangers I now am and shall be as long as I live in this world of losing my soul, of losing heaven and God. In thee, O lady, I have placed all my hopes. I love thee and sigh to go soon to see thee and praise thee in heaven. Ah, Mary, when will be that happy day on which I shall see myself safe at thy feet and contemplate my mother who has done so much for my salvation? When shall I kiss that hand which has delivered me so many times from hell and has dispensed me so many graces when on account of my sins, I deserve to be hated and abandoned by all? My lady, in life, I have been very ungrateful to thee, but if I get to heaven, I shall no longer be ungrateful. There I shall love thee as much as I can in every moment for all eternity, and shall make amends for my ingratitude by blessing and thanking thee forever. I thank God with my whole heart who gives me firm confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ and in thee and the conviction that thou wilt save me, that thou wilt deliver me from my sins, that thou wilt give me light and strength to execute the divine will, and in fine that thou wilt lead me to the gate of paradise. Thy servants have hoped for all this, and not one of them was deceived. No, neither shall I be deceived. O Mary, my full confidence is that thou hast to save me. Beseech thy son Jesus, as I also beseech him, by the merits of his passion, to preserve and always increase this confidence in me, and I shall be saved. With today being All Souls Day, I wanted to head, <clears throat> excuse me, head back to the excellent traditionalist Catholic website, fisheaters.com, for some more information about this day. The author begins by saying, there is a Mexican saying that when we die, excuse me, that we die three deaths. The first, when our bodies die. The second, when our bodies are lowered into the earth out of sight. And the third, when our loved ones forget us. Catholics forestall that last death by seeing the faithful dead as members of the church, alive in Christ, and by praying for them and asking their prayers for us, always. Cardinal Wiseman wrote in his lecture 11, Sweet is the consolation of the dying man who, conscious of imperfection, believes that there are others to make intercession for him. When his own time for merit has expired, soothing to the afflicted survivors the thought that they possess powerful means of relieving their friend. In the first moments of grief, this sentiment will often overpower religious prejudice. Cast down the unbeliever on his knees beside the remains of his friend and snatch from him an unconscious prayer for rest. It is an impulse of nature which, for the moment, aided by the analogies of revealed truth, seizes at once upon this consoling belief. But it is only a flitting and melancholy light, while the Catholic feeling, Cheering, though with solemn dimness, 
resembles the unfailing lamp, which the piety of the ancients is said to have hung before the sepulchres of their dead. Though we should daily pray for the dead in purgatory, above all for our ancestors, today is especially set aside for hanging that unfailing lamp before the sepulchres of our dead, as we are told to do by sacred scripture, 2 Maccabees 12, 43-46. And making a gathering, Judas sent 12,000 drachmas of silver to Jerusalem for sacrifice to be offered for the sins of the dead, thinking well and religiously concerning the resurrection. For if he had not hoped that they that were slain should rise again, it would have seemed superfluous and vain to pray for the dead. And because he considered that they who had fallen asleep with godliness had great grace laid up for them, it is therefore a holy and wholesome thought to pray for the dead, that they may be loosed from sins. At the three masses offered today, the glorious sequence Dies Irae, also used in Requiem Masses, i.e. Masses for the Dead, will be recited after the Epistle, Gradual, and Tract. Dies Irae means Day of Wrath. Between noon of November 1 and midnight tonight, a person who has been to confession and communion can gain a plenary indulgence under the usual conditions for the poor souls each time he visits a church or public oratory and recites the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be to the Father six times. This is a special exception to the ordinary law of the church, according to which a plenary indulgence for the same work can be gained only once a day. Because of this, some of the customs described below may be begun on All Saints' Day. Also, the faithful who, during the period of eight days from All Saints' Day, visit a cemetery and pray for the dead, may gain a plenary indulgence under the usual conditions on each day of the octave, applicable only to the dead. Here is a simple invocation for the dead called the eternal rest prayer. Eternal rest, grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Am. Amen. The Latin version. Requiem eternum dona eis domine et lux perpetua lucet eis. Requiescat or requiescant in pace. Amen. Catholics also pray this prayer for the dead any time throughout the year and whenever they pass a cemetery. Many families pray a rosary nightly for the dead throughout the octave of all saints, replacing the Fatima prayer with the eternal rest prayer. Customs. Many Catholics prepare for this feast by praying the All Souls Novena or the Novena for the Holy Souls in Purgatory starting on October 24 and ending on November 1. For the feast itself, one of the litanies for the dead would be a good choice of prayer. And when visiting a cemetery, this prayer is a good one. Prayer when visiting a cemetery. I prostrate myself over this earth where the mortal remains of my beloved parents, relatives, friends, and all my brothers and sisters in faith repose, those who have preceded me on the road to eternity. What can I do for them? O divine Jesus, who, suffering and dying for our love, has purchased with the price of your blood our eternal life. I know you live and hear my pleas, and that the grace of your redemption is most abundant thus. Forgive, O most merciful God, the souls of these, my deceased beloved. Free them from all pains and all tribulations, and embrace them 
in the bosom of your goodness and in the joyful company of your angels and saints, so that free from all pain and anguish, they praise and joy and reign with you in the paradise of your glory forever and ever. Amen. It is practically universal folk belief that the souls in purgatory are allowed to return to earth on All Souls Day. In Austria, they are said to wander the forest praying for release. In Poland, they are said to visit their parish churches at midnight, where light can be seen because of their presence. Afterward, they visit their families, and to make them welcome, a door or window is left open. In many places, such as Italy, a place is set for the dead at supper, or food is otherwise left out for them. In Sicily, children who've prayed for the dead during the year run to find little hidden gifts, sweets, cookies, toys, puppets made of sugar from, quote-unquote, their dead ancestors. No matter the particular local traditions, throughout the octave of all saints, our beloved dead should be remembered and prayed for. During our visits to their graves, we spruce up their resting sites, sprinkle them with holy water, leaving votive candles and adorning them with flowers, especially chrysanthemums and marigolds, to symbolize the Eden-like paradise that man was created to enjoy and may, if saved, enjoy after death and needed purgation. Excuse me, and any needed purgation, I should say. Today is a good day to not only remember the dead in prayer, but to tell your children about their ancestors. Bring out those old photo albums and family trees to help you. Here are PDFs, and the hyperlink PDFs are given, of a six-generation family tree, a seven-generation family tree, and an eight-generation family tree. Write down your family's stories for your children and grandchildren. How did you and your spouse meet? How did your parents meet? What work did everyone do? What were their childhoods like, etc.? Uh, impress upon your children the importance of their ancestors. Bring to their minds these words from Ecclesiasticus, Ecclesiasticus 44, 1 through 15. Let us now praise men of renown and our fathers in their generation. The Lord hath wrought great glory through his magnificence from the beginning, such as have borne rule in their dominions men of great power and endued with their wisdom, showing forth in the prophets the dignity of prophets and ruling over the present people and by the strength of wisdom instructing the people in most holy words, such as by their skill sought out musical tunes and published canticles of the scriptures, rich men in, in virtue, studying beautifulness, living at peace in their houses. All these have gained glory in their generations and were praised in their days. They that were born of them have left a name behind them, that their praises might be related. And there are some of whom there is no memorial, who are perished as if they had never been, and are become as if they had never been born, and their children with them. But these were men of mercy, whose godly deeds have not failed. Good things continue with their seed. Their posterity are a holy inheritance, and their seed hath stood in the covenants and their children for their sakes remain forever. Their seed and their glory shall not be forsaken. Their bodies are buried in peace, and their name liveth unto generation and generation. Let the people show forth their wisdom, and the church declare their praise. And you can head on over to Fish Eaters for more information about various customs, like uh, recipes for All Souls Day and things of that nature, a lot of good stuff there. Yes, it's so important that we tell our children, our grandchildren, 
using the, the royal we. I don't have any children or grandchildren yet. About their ancestors, it's so important to make familial connections to the past because with so much anxiety and depression in the world, it's like people are, are rootless. They've forgotten their traditions. They've got forgotten where they come from. Life is about faith. It's about family. It's about the enjoyment that comes from leading a good Catholic life and leading a good life with your family members and then discovering your vocation, whether you're called to marriage or join the priesthood and religious life, whatever it might be. And when we start to lose these traditions, we lose everything. And we can't forget the ones who've gone before us. We have to have masses said for them. We have to pray rosaries for them. We have to pray for them every day. And on this day in particular, I'm reminded of a story I heard at a funeral a few years back before all the madness took place. This was in February of 2020 about a gentleman at a, a parish I used to attend who was very assiduous in praying for the relief of the holy souls in purgatory. And he got very sick with cancer and he was dying and he lived near a cemetery. And his wife from their, um, from the window, there was their backyard and then it, it led up into the cemetery. And his wife said, uh, Mike, the, the gentleman's name, she said, Mike, I can, it looks like I'd see people in the, the cemetery. And it was like very late at night. And I'm not sure what time, but it was late in the evening, well after cemetery hours. And he said to his wife, those are the people that I've prayed for. They're coming to pray for me now. That's a true story. I didn't make that up. This man believed and his wife physically saw people in the cemetery. She initially thought it was, you know, like she didn't know what it was, if there were people who were trespassing or what the deal was, but he said, no, those, those are the people I've prayed for. And they're, they're praying for me now. There's so much power in intercessory prayer. We're part of the body of Christ. And there's the charge from some Protestants that this is, you know, whether it be, you know, asking the saints for intercessory prayer or praying for the souls in purgatory, that this is somehow like necromancy, you know, like a, a seance with the dead or something like that. Absolutely not. That charge is completely and utterly false. And I've heard this explained by the Catholic apologist Steve Wood in regards to asking for, for the saints for their intercessory prayer, that, you know, he's a former Protestant, Mr. Wood, who converted to the Catholic faith over 30 years ago and brought his wife and whole family in with him. He said in Protestant circles, there's a, a, like prayer chains. You know, if your, your child is sick or injured, you want prayer for them, you call people up on the phone, then they call other people and they call other people, whatever the, the case might be. Or nowadays it would be, you know, texting people, whatever the particular case may be. You ask for prayer. 
Well, the saints in heaven have radically elevated natures now, and they can more directly intercede for us because they're in the beatific vision. They're seeing our Lord face to face. So your grandma or grandpa or great aunt or great uncle, mom or dad, whoever has passed away, if they're in heaven, and obviously we know canonized saints like St. Alphonsus Liguri, we say his prayer before the beginning of each podcast, St. Padre Pio, the Blessed Mother, most especially in St. Joseph, they're very close to God. So their prayers availeth much, right? St. James says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's why you want to be in a strong friendship with St. Joseph. He is the righteous man par excellence. So we want the saints praying for us. And at the same time, we know that purgatory exists. It's a doctrine of the faith. So those souls who are journeying towards heaven, they need our prayers. They need rosaries said for them. They need masses. And there's a dangerous problem that's come into the church over the last several decades. When someone dies, you'll, they get, they get instantly canonized. Oh, Uncle Fred was a great guy. He's definitely with God now. Well, we don't know that for certain. Aunt Stella, she was the absolute best. She's definitely, she's with all the angels and saints now. Are you sure about that? Keep praying for them. Keep having masses said for them. It's a doctrine of the faith that purgatory exists. It's a place of cleansing fire for souls who die without mortal sin on their soul, but venial sins or attachment to sin on their soul that still has to be expiated. And that'll probably be quite a few of us. So keep on praying for them. Don't do the instant canonization. I think we also need to get back to old traditions like having wakes. You know, you read in the newspaper and the obituaries that, well, nowadays, unfortunately, people who are raised Catholic, it's, uh, they, they die and there's, there's no wake, no funeral mass, uh, spread the ashes over the, the lake or the ocean or whatever. No, absolutely not. You need to be buried in consecrated ground, in holy ground. And I think it's also important to have wakes for the deceased as well. So the family and friends can see that there are other people out there who cared about this person, who love them, who will tell stories about them. But most importantly, and this is why we need the funeral mass, to pray for them. That's the most important thing when someone dies. And that's what this day is all about. So let's keep praying. Let's keep interceding for the holy souls in purgatory. And should we be in purgatory one day? They're going to help us out, as that story I told earlier illustrated. All right, friends, let us conclude by mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. Also, please tune into episodes 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast for more information about RPM. That's a acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. 
Before my niece was about eight years old, we didn't even know her favorite color. Now we know she is a gifted poet, very skilled in composing music, mathematics, foreign languages, you name it. She's a genius. We would have known none of that were it not for RPM. We had to guess at her wants and needs. So many people are in that same situation. And just as sign language was an immense breakthrough for the deaf in terms of their being able to communicate or braille, a tremendous breakthrough for the blind, for them to be able to read. In terms of communication, this is on the same level for non-speakers. Communication is a human right. And what RPM is doing is taking non-speakers out of the prison of silence that they're in and getting them into the world of open communication where they belong. Just because you cannot speak or have a difficult time speaking, that doesn't mean you should be unable to communicate. And I've had the pleasure and privilege of now meeting many non-speakers who are some of the most intelligent, creative, and compassionate human beings you could ever meet. But you would have known none of that were it not for RPM. So please spread that information far and wide. And if you don't know a non-speaker, you probably will at some point in your life. And this is a true life changer, life saver for those people. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please tune in again tomorrow. Goodbye and God love you.